This is the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of July 3rd, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist and producer, Derek Miner. What up, though? Okay, well, we have a great show coming up today. Uh, coming up later, there's a few things different about today's show. I'll just tell you right now, okay? So it's a July 3rd episode. Longtime <laughs> listeners know for the last 10 years... That means one thing. And yes, it's happening. So coming up on the show today, we have an A-list actor, David Oyelowo. Uh, You know him as he played uh, Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma. He's been in a ton of other iconic films. Uh, he, he doesn't have anything to promote. What, what happened is he's a believer. And he has been using his social media platforms to really speak out uh, about you know what's going on right now he talks about being a black immigrant in america during this time his disappointment with the church's lack of leadership on racism he's been talking about what like genuine repentance looks like and we reached out to him he's been in the magazine a few times but we're like man he needs to, we need to talk more about this and so that conversation is coming up later on the show today uh, usually when a-list actors come on they've got a film that they're promoting right this is just an interesting conversation also, coming up after that, we have Hillsong's Brooke Frazier joining us. She, um, she talks to us about some of their new music that has been coming out and, or what they've been working on during quarantine and stuff, but then also about the responsibility and authority uh, in worship. It's a fascinating conversation. That's coming up. And I alluded to it. It's the, at the end of the show. It's our annual ritual, our July 4th game, Indie Rock Band or Firework. Jesse... Jamie and Derek are new to this. Do you want to tell them about what's going to happen today? Yes, it it is. It is a. Uh, I would say this game is an institution on the relevant <laughs> podcast. I don't think I'm nervous I, already now. I don't think that's Straight an exaggeration. <laughs> I mean, the rules are simple. The rules are, are a, a, and that's it's. I don't know. Have you guys been watching Floors Lava? Like the brilliance of the game. It's like the number one show in America right now. The brilliance <laughs> right. of the amazing. game. It's amazing. It's the simplicity of the rules. Right. Make it to the other side with more people faster than the other team without falling in a, an awesome lava pit. Okay. Yeah. You know. The rules of any the reason indie rock band or firework has has uh, you know been a, a a podcast staple for more than a decade is because of the simplicity of the rules, which are this: you will hear a name uh, like uh, of and and it will either be you have to say is it the name of a firework or is it the name of an indie rock band or a recent indie rock band album? This is good. Okay? This is good. Now now yes. you may say. Say, you, you you may say, well, that that is easy, you know, but uh, for some of the firework names, like, let's say grounds for divorce, it is easy. Like, that's clearly an awesome firework, you know, but like Sparkle Dragon could easily be an idiot man. And, 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 so, and just so you all know, we didn't make these up every I can vet this. It was done by the relevant staff crack research team. Every name was uh, gotten from. Fireworks.com, which is Phantom Fireworks website. Mm -hmm. And these are the actual itemized and do not cheat. These are the actual itemized names of fi fireworks that they have for sale. 
Or Legit. we went over to pitchfork.com, which covers indie music. And these are actual band names. So this isn't even like other years where it was like album names and things yeah, like that. No, this, this is, is actual band names that have reviewed albums in 2020 on pitchfork.com. Yeah. Okay. So, I love it. So I this is like it. legit prime time both and you will get them all wrong because yeah. it is very confusing. Do you know the answers, Jesse? <laughs> no, Jesse, I, Jesse wasn't involved this year. Jesse didn't. Even though I was involved, I I mean, I'd be interested in playing, but here's the thing. I have written this game literally for <laughs> a decade. Okay. Yeah, Nothing's going to get past you. And so I, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind uh, uh, playing against maybe two people, but I don't feel like just me playing anyone one on one is fair. It's not fair. No, I think I think it's Derek versus Jamie, and okay. you can you can you can keep score or something. I don't oh, know. I'm yeah. gonna lose. <laughs> just yeah. letting you know that now. But the, you know, well, actually, I was gonna lose the last game, and I won. You won so. the last true. game, I know. Yeah. So so we'll see. Let's see uh, what happens. It's July 3rd. It's July 4th weekend. I know it's a long weekend. A lot. Of, it's a weird weekend for a lot of people you know, with states shutting back down again and stuff. Do you guys have any any plans or anything? Uh, I know. I'll tell you what I'm doing tonight. Okay. I'm watching Hamilton with my whole family. Oh, mm. right. Have you, Dis- guys see, on, have you seen on, it? Disney, Disney Plus? Yeah. Plus. Have you yeah. guys seen it live? I have not. No. I don't, Jesse? I don't, I, unlike you, I didn't have $1,600 to drop on top of it. I'm, I'm too opposed to musical theater. That's, okay. that's my, okay. No, my husband took me for my 40th birthday and I knew nothing about Hamilton when we went um, and was blown away and fell in love. And then when I was telling people what we did, they're like, wow, how'd you get tickets? I'm like, I don't know. Aaron just got them. I, I have yeah. no idea what happened, but we took out I a second it. mortgage and then we went to Hamilton. <laughs> right. okay. yeah. I, I want to preface something though, because I feel like I get this groan from everyone every time I'm like, I'm just not into musicals. And right. it's not like, it's not just like the, the suspension of plausibility that people break into song, like song and highly <laughs> choreographed dance in the middle of dialogue. Like I get that's I understand like that's sort of the deal. My problem is live theater in general makes me incredibly uncomfortable because I always feel like I'm biting the urge to do something wildly inappropriate in the theater to see if I can throw the actors off their game. Like all I'm thinking about, all I'm thinking about the whole time is like, if I like, let's say I went to a, a production of Hamilton, Jamie, right. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and, and you know, what, what is the, the, the adage in the business is the show must go on. It right? must. Yes. It must. It must. I a lot of people went to extreme lengths to get those tickets. Okay, I want to see just how how much of pros those actors are. So my what I what I I don't think I can resist the temptation to do this, which is to come in and I would come into the theater wearing like a suit because people wear suits to the theater. But it would be it would basically be the size of like a zoot suit. Like <laughs> like I don't know if you guys were ever I, I don't know if it, Cameron you or Derek were ever like groomsmen in a wedding like back in like the early two thousands when when people like rented tuxedos for the price of like an H and M tux. <laughs> now but like you would go and you would go to like a place in the mall and they would rent you a suit and even though it would quote unquote be tailored for 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 being the groomsman it was giant you look like you were in like the you look like you were a member of the mighty mighty boss tones yeah. walking, in, walking into the wedding in that thing okay it's the yes. same place where like high schoolers got their i don't know what happened in rental suit te- i don't do people even rent tuxes anymore like i said i remember it was like uh, the rental fee is like two hundred dollars 
I could go and buy a tux for $200 now online. But back then, you were forced to wear these zoot suits to, to any formal event. That's and you true. had to return them the next the next day. After no you've been cap. out, after you've been yeah. out the, you had partying at the wedding all night, I got to make my way to the mall, do the walk of shame with my zoot suit. And you know you lost something. You know one of those little cufflinks. They, and, uh, hey, that's, that's, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. That was a $75 cufflink. So we're going to have to charge it for <laughs> On that. On your $200 rental. Yeah, we, yeah exactly. But, uh, but anyway, so my point is this. I would come in and I would have one of those zoot suits on, but underneath I would be wearing the attire of, of a, of a president in the 1800s. Okay. And I would have like, and I would, I would wait till a certain point and I would sneak out to go to the bathroom and I would take off the zoot suit and then I would sneak my way and I would find my, I would find my way onto the stage in costume. And now, and here's what I would want to do. And I would be like, Hark thou, it's time. And I would start like a little number and I would want to see like, are they going to ruin the show for everyone and just drag me off kicking and screaming and have me make a scene? Or are they just going to go with this? And the show must go on. There's some weirdo in costume, but he seems to have prepared a dance number. Are we just going to go with it? I might, if I, that's why I can't go to the theater the whole time. I'm just thinking those are real people up there. This isn't a movie. Like if I shout or do something, it's going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to make up awesome, awkward. Any, if I ever hear you're going to a theater, I'm going to have to let them know somehow. Jesse, have you ever seen, did, did you ever watch the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? It's uh, on Netflix. It's by the writers of 30 rock and stuff. The same yeah. kind of humor. There's a character named Titus Andromedon. Yeah. And I think it's in the most recent season. Uh, he's going to the theater and he sees like a matinee uh, performance of cats. And one of his oh, big, goodness. one of his big dreams is to make it on Broadway and stuff. And he noticed that, you know, there's this part in, there's part in cats. And I've never seen cats where all the cat actors go out into the crowd. Right. Yes. And then there's this, he figures out that his big break will be that he should just come to the theater dressed as a cat and yeah. then go back you, up Jesse. onto the stage with them and just join the show. That's what and, I'm saying. I, I'm not does. the only one who's thought of it. Yeah. And he, and he does. And then they come after the show, you know, he thought he was gonna be confronted and they're like, well, welcome to the cast. And, and he's like, well, like that's allowed. And he goes, that's how we all got on the cast is we all just kind of <laughs> came up there. <laughs> so. well, for, but but that, that's the thing, like marginal benefit, marginal cost, marginal benefit. Everyone in that theater has a great story for the rest of their life. Marginal cost. What? I want to get charged trespassing. What are they going to kick me out? Like, what is the worst that's going to happen? You know, you'll be banned from the theater for the rest of your life. Oh, well, that's so the worst. Hey, yeah. He doesn't so, like musicals yeah, anyway. Yeah. So he's like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Now I have an excuse if someone invites me to go. I don't shot. have to be rude. I can be like, no, I'm literally banned from that. And what, what am I afraid I'm going to get roughed up by some stage hands? Like, get thrown out the back of the theater? What are they going to throw me out the back of the theater like Uncle Phil and DJ Jazzy Jeff? Like, oh. well, what is the worst? that's going to happen here. Like, yeah, I, it true. seems like every way I shake this out of my head, I p- should probably do it. But, okay. but hey, Jamie, to your point, I should probably watch on Disney you Plus should, I was this weekend. Say, you should watch it on Disney Plus from the comfort of your house and then next week, tell me what you think because it's unbelievable. Okay. My big plans for this weekend are I'm going to nap because I just got back last night from five days in Wyoming on a huge ranch oh, out snap. there. And Jesse, it's it was the crew, a lot of the crew that we go to Montana with. Yeah. Like at the last minute, they're like, hey, 
this Christian billionaire has this 50,000 acre ranch in Wyoming. Why don't you come out? And I was like, okay. Okay. So, so I went. That Christian, wait, hold on. Is that Christian billionaire's name Kanye West? That's, exactly <laughs> That's where he is. I didn't want to say. No, it wasn't Kanye's ranch. But dude, Jesse, it made me think of you because right when we got to Wyoming, like uh, at the truck stop, as we crossed the state line, huge wholesale fireworks store yeah. that like had all these illegal fireworks from other states. Like as soon as you cross over into Wyoming, boom, here it is. The mothership yeah. of fireworks. I, and so, you know, we had, we had a good time. I, I'm all, I've always been about uh, illegal fireworks. You guys know this, this yes. is just something that's up my alley. I've always yeah. been, but I, I don't know this year I got a little spooked because I was in my backyard the other night, just, you know, uh, uh, we have like a little, uh, like kind of tea bar thing with like TV. I was hanging out there, uh, uh, just chilling out and it was dark. Were you by yourself hanging out at your own tiki bar? No, my wife was with me and we're just okay. sitting back there and, and it's dark and my na- off of pina colada. <laughs> my, my, yeah, exactly. My virgin daiquiri. I was, I was, uh, I was three deep on the virgin daiquiri. So it was a wild Tuesday night. And anyway, I, I, I see my neighbors, uh, deploying those, like those paper lantern things, yeah. you know, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay, those things strike me as incredibly dangerous because you're shooting an open flame into the air, just not caring where it lands or or, or what happens to it, right? I but mean, it burns it's out. That's the whole point is that it'll burn out up yeah, in the air. Yeah, but it has a little thing of fuel because the first two go up and, and, and go off into this. It's really beautiful. The other one, as soon as it gets off the ground, a gust of wind pulls it into a neighbor's tree, very high up in the tree. And <laughs> that it does is just seem dangerous. Burn, it is just burning in there, okay? Yeah, Listen, I'm all about hijinks at a good time. I was legit having anxiety, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not going to be the tattletale and like be the one like yell over the fence like, "Hey, what do we should do something about this?" Yeah. Well, because I mean, it might have been that their like their family cat died and they were doing that as a, a ceremony in a, remembrance yeah. of them or something. They were probably yeah. back there crying. Nobody just lights off the lanterns for no reason. It, it's some sort it, of ceremony. Did it? Did it burn the tree? It, it very well could have. Okay, Jamie. <laughs> very very well you don't well know. Well could have. I was. That's I was the like, last thing we need. I was like yeah. Googling, I was Googling like, do, if, do, now, do I call the fire department directly? Is this a 911 situation? I, <laughs> oh I don't goodness. know. You know, you're turning into an old man. You're I know. turning into I, a get off my lawn guy. I did. It didn't bother me. I was just concerned <laughs> about like, and, and at what point, it, it, you know, I don't have plausible deniability here. I saw it go up. Like, what? I can't just be, I can't just walk away from a gigantic fire. What you happened know? to you? Dude, last year in Montana, we literally set, uh, there was a bonfire and we took boxes of fireworks and threw it onto the bonfire and then ran and jammed, jumped over the bonfire as the fireworks were shooting off everywhere. Where's I that guy? Be, no, yeah, no, we totally be, did that. No, because because in that situation, I felt like I was in total control. If you were there, you <laughs> would have saw me. You would have saw. You would have saw me. It, it was a combination of Catherine Zeta Jones dancing through the laser field <laughs> and <laughs> and Neo going to bullet time, and I'm just dodging. Woo, woo. You remember oh, the one? All, remember the one I shot off, and it turned and it went back and shot into the house. The firework yeah, exploded it, in the garage. It, it's like ricocheting, <laughs> and 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 like I said, I, in that scenario, I feel untouchable. Like I'm like, oh my I'm like gosh. The, the John Wick of fireworks. Okay, but. <laughs> Just a, guys, a lantern, a, an open flame in the trees. Derek Prop was with us. He was with me in <laughs> Wyoming too. But Prop was with us with us, and I, we turned him into like. Yeah, we have this picture. Where we're all standing on a truck, holding up fireworks, like in victory and stuff. Like uh, Prop, Prop gets down with all the 
crazy white people hillbilly yes, stuff. Yes, he does. He's on another level. And I'm like, bro, I couldn't do that, bro. Y'all need to get all fireworks away from me. I'm, I'm good. Okay, okay. Yes, I have a, I have a question for, for Jamie and Derek here because you seem pretty staunchly in the anti-firework camp. Uh, yes. uh, one, uh, uh, who hurt you both? And two... <laughs> <laughs> and two, uh, uh, what kind of therapy resources are we able to get you so that you can overcome that and actually enjoy uh, the majesty, which is shoving gum, <laughs> gunpowder and like weird colors into a tube and, okay. and, 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 you know, holding it in your the, the fun about fireworks is you, you try to hold it in your hands for as no, long as possible. This is stressful to me. This is just, like I would enjoy fireworks if it was like downtown Austin and I'm sitting in the back of a truck and they're like two miles away. But in my front yard yard with a bunch of people doing them yeah. i am nervous nelly i'm so anxious someone's gonna lose a hand or an eye or an arm and i just i have to go inside i can't it would make the news if people blew off body parts it, i don't see those news stories i I'm, i don't think it's as much of a risk as you think it is well no, I, I, I bet video. it has happened i'm gonna find one and send it to you well don't i mean you can find anything on the internet i'm just saying it's not like common you know, I don't think it's like but a. Still, it was still. It's an explode. It's an explosive. Like that's I saw right. This video Derek. on YouTube with this uh, dude setting off fireworks in the hood. It's gets the water. He's like, just the fireworks are shooting into his house. It's like <laughs> I just don't feel like capable of dealing with explosives in that way. Like I'm just good. You know what I mean? Maybe if I had Jesse Carey that lived next door to me, and he he was an expert <laughs> in fireworks. I'm just like for me, it's an explosive. And knowing my luck, just it would shoot the wrong way and and hit somebody. And did anyone get burned, Cameron and Jesse, when y'all were jumping over them? No, of course they did. No, 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 no. A small no, burn, yeah, like bro. I said, a bullet time, Jamie. Everything, everything <laughs> slows down. The only for time me. we got nervous was when one of the big fireworks w- w- that was pointed up turned, like it yes. fell sideways and shot straight back See, into that's the house. What I was that's that, the that's problem, the bro. White men are fearless. I'm going to say this. Like, y'all don't fear nothing. Fireworks, global pandemics. Like, just, just like, I don't care. I don't need a mask. I don't care what science says. I'm going outside. I'm white. I'm good. Derek, I, I think, listen, I think playing with dangerous fireworks crosses all demographic lines. I, a case in point, the most famous firework victim of all time, NFL player Jason Pierre-Paul. The oh, guy, the, I'm saying... What happened? Very true, though. What happened? Blew his fingers off. What? See, yeah, he, he's a professional football why? player, yeah, and he, he and he blew like three fingers off on one oh, hand by holding yeah. a firework too long. And he's still playing. Why, hey. And that's why I don't mess with fireworks. Hey, right. hey, moral of the story. Moral of the story. That was in 2015. I'm pretty sure he's still in the NFL. So, <laughs> you know, a, a sport that requires your hands. He's doing just fine. He's doing I'm, just fine. I'm good. I'm good. Now totally he wears good. one of those big. He wears one. I don't know if you guys watch a lot of football. He wears one of those big mitts. Have you ever seen those things that when nah. a guy like breaks a hand, somehow it becomes legal in the NFL? Dude, what does he do? Like shove he's hot dogs in the three fingers that he doesn't have? Oh. No, he, 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 oh he's like God. a linebacker. He's a linebacker. Oh, oh and so, they tape their hand like this. But, yeah, but yeah. You, you've seen it, Jamie. You're, yeah. you're, you, you have, you, or do multiple of your sons play football? All three do. 
Okay, so you've probably seen this. When a football player breaks a hand, they, for some reason, it becomes legal for them just to tape. It's like they put a boxing glove on the bottom of the hand and put like six rolls of athletic tape. Yeah. And for some reason, that player just gets to play with a giant club on the end. It's, <laughs> it's like you it, want to like, break your arm it, so you get the win. club. <laughs> exactly. You can it's just come running through the line just swinging a club around. It's super unfair. But if you're the victim of a firework injury, then I guess you can do it. I guess you can win. It was weird traveling. Uh, it was the first time I was on a plane in a very long time. It was it was weird. Everyone traveling. had mask on. They had to, right? Yeah, yeah. To step foot in an airport, you have to. Um, but it was, and it wasn't as ghost towny as I thought it was going to be. I mean, the plane that I was on, um, other than the first three rows, which had the middle seats take you know blocked out, the rest of the plane was completely full. Every seat, even middle oh, wow. seats too. Even huh? middle seats. Yeah. Are they serving drinks and stuff? I heard no, they weren't. No, no, no. They don't do. They don't. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no lounges. There's there's nothing. It's it's really very stripped down, but uh, there are a lot more people traveling than oh, I thought no there were. there's no lounges in the airport open, huh? Uh, wow. Some of them are open, but they still don't serve anything because like the whole like, you know, buffet and, make it, and all yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff, that's all gone. So it's going to be interesting to see how travel recovers. But well, normally we would have the hot list right here, but it's a holiday week and Tyler Huckabee is on vacation. So we do not have a hot list. So we're just going to move the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, David Oyelowo joins us. Shout down on us. Wash us in the blood. Wash us in the blood. Whole life being thugs. No choice selling drugs. South side what it does. Rain down on us. Genocide what it does. Slavery what it does. Rain down on us. Whole life selling drugs. Wash us in the blood. Wash us in your blood. Wash us in the blood. Wash us in the blood. Wash us in the blood. Holy Spirit, come down. Holy Spirit, come down. Holy Spirit, help now. You're listening to Kanye West and Travis Scott. The song is Wash Us in the Blood. Derek, what do you think? I don't know. I, I, I you know. I feel like he's at this place where, you know, obviously he's he's on the Christian rap thing and he's still figuring it out. Yeah, I think he's close, but I, I like I love the cre- he's but he's so creative, the creativity of it. I think for me, um, and this has just been me as a Christian rapper. Anybody that's followed my career knows that's me. I've never been the type of dude that uh, the Jesus bars never really inspired me like the just like I want to know what Jesus did in your personal life like how that affects you I want I, I wanted to be more human in a sense to understand that so like for me I'm just waiting for some of what he's been learning to stick to his ribs that's what I can't wait for because right now it just feels like young Christian rap young Christian rapping and for me I'm like I want this to, you know, I want to see what, I want to know how Jesus affects how you raise your daughter being a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? That's what, yeah. that's what inspires me. You're musically. saying you need some time to see that too. Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm just saying musically. Oh. Tell me, yeah. tell me about, like, don't just tell me, man, Jesus rose on the third day, flew up. Like, I want to know, like, man, I want to know what happened when you talked to Kim Kardashian, who, you know, is made a, a, you know, her life off of, you know, being a sex symbol, what that relationship looked like, make a song about that. Like to me, understanding that the human and that tension, that's why I've always landed as far as my music, what, what yeah. I love and personally enjoy. Um, but I think it's, I mean, obviously um, Kanye production, stupid Travis, yeah, the, the track crazy, is insane. Like, yeah. Everything yeah. is, yeah. is wild. It's just for me, I'm still waiting on, 
Okay, yeah. this is cool that you learned. You're learning about Jesus, but what does that mean to you, though? Like, what is it, that for in you? your life? I thought it was interesting right. on the music video, though. He took it and related the Watches in the Blood to the racial justice stuff going on, and yes. like, and, uh-huh. it, and so it's like visually, it had a broader message than lyrically it had. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. the songs. The song, I agree with you. He's got to start evolving <laughs> beyond just this, like. Oh my gosh, Jesus saved my life. You know, like yeah. now, you know, what does the rest of the album look like? What does the rest was next album look like? Because right. can't just keep saying this one finite thing. I agree yeah. with you, but well, I feel like that comes from maturity in your faith too, yeah. right? Yeah, and then also this with with Christian music, people think you can't talk about your life in any way that would make you look a certain way, and I think. What has made Kanye, what made Kanye dope for me as a college student when he first came out with college dropout was he said everything that I thought. And that's what has always been his strength is, is being the person to say, uh, it's being the person to be honest and me being able to connect with his story right now. I connect, obviously I love Jesus, you know what I mean? So I connect with that. But I want to connect with Kanye. I want to know yeah. how that's affected every aspect of his life. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for him to to have those kind of moments. And I think when he connects that, then it's going to be insane. With this production. Personally. I mean, that's yeah, the with thing this too. production. Is out that of, out that of track is, in, is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it, it's it, out because, of control. Because even like to the college dropout area, I, I mean, you knew everything about his life. You knew about the car accident, have his jaw wired shut. You know what Thanks. I mean? It, it, yep. Like you, you knew like little stuff. <clears throat> I will say like you knew that he worked at the Gap. You knew that. I mean, like yeah. seriously, like he yeah, talked it, about that struggle, his insecurities. He talked yeah. about, yeah. you know, yeah. Let's and, go and, back, and, back to the Gap. Yep. The vanity yeah. of like I bought, I bought a chain before I had a car. Sort of, you yes. know, when I fr- got my first check, yeah. you knew that tension. He struggled publicly with insecurity and feeling like he. Made it and yeah you connected with his story and now it's like he's telling us his beliefs you know yes. but it's like uh, but you're right but where's where's kanye in that you know yes. it's just like scripture right now yeah i i, I will say this though I, and maybe and and i'm sure different people have different reactions to to no it, everybody to, has know, the same reaction to <laughs> his late stage music but i found it a little bit refreshing i do think i do think it'd be interesting for him to get kind of more personal and for for his you know lyrical themes to evolve but i also i don't know i found it like something kind of refreshing about someone who has very at least outwardly is presenting very uncomplicated thoughts about faith because i do think you know because i do think we have a tendency especially in like kind of the modern era of of kind of mainstream christianity that we're in and i don't and i'm not saying this is a bad thing i'm just making an observation that you know we talk a lot about deconstruction we talk a lot about you know how complicated it is to apply gospel uh, principles and like a contemporary social environment that that there's there's a lot of those are great conversations to have but i i found listening to some of his uh you know since like jesus is king i i i've like i think it's easy for for me and maybe for other christians who've been a christian a long time and 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 think about their faith a lot um it, it, it was almost like that snap back to like, oh, I remember when faith was, you know, 
almost as simple as this for me. Yeah, it's, like, not, it's not what, cynical. Yeah. Yeah, where I yeah. was able, where I was able to focus just on this stuff. That's all that really mattered to me. Now, again, I think Christians need to grow. You know, when I was a child, I thought like a child. When I, you know, or yeah. whatever, the, the, I'm butchering Paul here. But when I became an adult, <laughs> I thought like an adult. But right. I do think there's something fun about the escapism of dude i remember what it was like when this all was becoming real to me and it wasn't complicated and like i, I don't know I, I so i'm not saying i i do think he should evolve but but i do think there is something to be said for the kind of stage he's at well it's know? like the last um jesus is king is like the line in the sand where he said this is now what i believe like he had a radical faith transformation and he's saying this is what i believe but I oh, think yeah. Derek and I are talking about is like, oh, we get you like, like we agree too. now it's clear. It'll be interesting to see the rest of this album and, and next album and the next album, like how the faith starts applying. And then the Kanye, you know, does he talk about insecurity and hope or cynicism or despair through the lens of faith? Right. Then, yeah. then just saying the Bible says this, you know, and so yeah. I, I think it will evolve because that's just his natural writing style and stuff like that. But I think it's refreshing and clear. He's being clear right now. But again, I, the, the illusion that, that I'm seeing with this single is that he's showing graphic racial tension footage and saying like the only hope we have wash us in the blood. I mean, the only hope we have to really bring true peace is through Jesus, through the Holy spirit, please come. Right. I mean that it's a plea for our time, which I think absolutely does start evolving beyond just, I believe in Jesus. I mean, it's like now Absolutely. it's like, this yeah. is what we need as a society. He is making a statement with this music video. That's very, very powerful. So, you know, yeah. go check it out. I'm, if you haven't seen I'm it, I'm super, I'm super optimistic on where he's going. I think that I think he's going to a place like I even think it's just having, you know, and I, I'm a big fan of Travis Scott, but I'd never think I'd hear Travis Scott on a Christian song. Saying, like Holy this. spirit. Come. Yeah. What you in feel the world? What I'm like, I think yeah. that that, that in it, like watching how he is disrupting mainstream hip hop yeah. with his faith in this way is so Kanye first. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. since he is a disruptor, but then at the same time, it's dope. Like I, I love that he's being him 150%. So yeah. 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 Uh, do any of you guys, you probably don't follow Kim Kardashian on Instagram. I do not. I have a purity nah. filter on all my social media. <laughs> and, uh, I'm thinking this is nah. what I need Kanye to talk about. Why they take full on leather outfits to pose at their ranch in Wyoming or wherever they are. Literally full on leather on their ranch. It just looks you so. You know why. <laughs> Derek. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the happily why. married couple. Yeah. I, Very th- happily. Th- I haven't uh, seen these photos you're referring to. Are they like cowboy leathers? Because like that. Guys, that's it's a thing. not cowboy leather leathers, but I'm about to just text it don't, to you. And I don't. Oh, you don't my want My pastor's going to get an alert if this shows up on my text. Uh, don't it, do it. it, 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 it Jamie. It's but not. <laughs> send it to yeah. me. <laughs> it, it, it looks like that. Basically, for people who don't know, it looks like they're in a ranch in the future. Like, that's exactly what it looks like. It's like this is a, a movie that's like a sci-fi movie or something. Yeah, maybe they're it, shooting it, a sci-fi movie on their ranch. You don't know what's going on in their I, real life. 
I do. I, I wear this kind of outfit to the ranch. I, is what I, 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 need I know, to know I'm playing right into. I know I'm playing right into like their kind of strategy, and that's totally fine. But every time I see like a picture uh, of of what their house or their vehicles or anything looks like, it's like, what is this? Where did it? <laughs> like their house looks like a weird contemporary art museum. Like where do you sit? Because all I see, there's no furniture. There's just shapes everywhere. It's like <laughs> you just live in a, in this <clears throat> all white mansion with glass and shapes everywhere like there's nothing out there's no furniture like sci-fi movie <laughs> yeah and then like you know then that in the last video he did with his father when they're on the ranch they're driving these four-wheeler vehicles that i've never even seen these things before <laughs> it's like a, it's like a tank golf cart that's doing wheelies and you stuff know what it's that's like called? that's called being a boss that's what Kanye can do whatever exactly. he wants. Oh, yeah, this is I just I just looked the picture up. Yeah, th- th- it's um this is what uh a Tesla in Montana would look like. If it was you know, it's like a it's like the the ranch of the future. Like Jesse, that's what they're going Jesse, for. Ba- the if ranch- Batman was a cattle herder, Batman would if drive Batman this. Batman was a cattle herder. Jesse, I was this ranch I was at was at that level. I, I was oh, a guest. Wow. I didn't know what I was walking into, but it's the sort of thing that like if they don't have one of anything, there's 20 of the things, Yeah, you know, fleet. And, they buy and, by the and fleet it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's not a normal price point. It's, you know, like you can shoot a rifle and that rifle would be a couple thousand dollars. No, this rifle was $40,000 and there's oh. 10 of them. Yeah. I mean, military great. It's a, vehicles for, I went four wheeling in the, in the mountains of, of Wyoming. I went, I went, I, it was so crazy fun, Jesse. I was airborne at one point on the four wheel. No, see, that's like, not fun. That is dangerous, oh, Cameron. Can you all send me an invitation to this? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, Derek, they're Derek. very limited four wheeler. You're my, on my, the next one, dude. You're coming, my, dude. Like, for my, real. Like, is I've it dudes only? Is that what's happening? Prop posted photos. I didn't. Prop posted. You saw what Prop was doing. I was yeah, uh, shooting a 40 I, cal, bro. I was the one taking cal. the picture. I took the picture of him with the 50 caliber gun, dude. <laughs> I have very limited four wheeler experience. My four wheeler experience is one time driving this sketchy three wheeler that uh, oh, no. is now illegal. <laughs> that's, flip, dude. that's not good. They come in a little hot on on corners. They come in real hot, yeah. and it's a lot of you know. And I was uh, I, especially when we had three guys on it, and I <laughs> I I'm not eager to get back on one of those. Wait, you had three I guys on a three wheeler? Oh, bet we did. We You're did a little top heavy. <laughs> that's not we, good. Do we have helmets? We, we, we did. Sadly, we did not have access to helmets. All right. Well, this week's podcast is brought to you by the all new American Awakening podcast. We are better together, made for purpose, meaning and significance and community as friends, not enemies. With a diverse crew of contributors, the American Awakening podcast leans into this challenging American moment with life, light and music. We know these are dark times, but faith, hope, and love can never be extinguished. Marissa Prince, John Kingston, Calvin Lee, Jefferson Bethke, Joel Serby, Dan Hasseltine, and guests explore the headlines through the lens of faith, offering unique perspectives on what's really happening in God's kingdom. Uh, It's part of our Relevant Podcast Network, and you can check out an episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. It's available wherever you get your shows. Well, our first guest today is someone you've seen in our magazine over the years, actor and producer David Oyelowo. He starred in Selma, uh, Queen of Cotway, The Butler, Lincoln, and many, many more films. Uh, He's a Christian, and he's been using his social media platforms to speak out against racial injustice and uh, challenging people to do their part, uh, being part of the solution. That's why we reached out to him. Our very own Tyler Huckabee talked to him this week about these issues, as well as the inaction of church leadership on the topic of racism. Here's part of our conversation 
with David Oyelowo. So you uh, naturalized here as a citizen from the UK in 2016. You've been here for about four. You've been a citizen here for about four years now. Have you been surprised as a as a, a black immigrant here to the states at the layers of racism and inequality that you've experienced since coming here to the U.S.? No, I wouldn't say I've been surprised. I, I would definitely say I've I've been disappointed. Uh, you, you know, my, my lack of surprise is tied to the fact that, unlike the UK where I grew up, you know, uh, racism in America is far more far more overt. Um, and to be perfectly frank, I'd rather see um, you know my enemy coming at me than them pretending to be my friend, which is uh, a lot more prevalent um, in, in the UK. Um, but wh- where I would say I, uh, disappointment is that, you know, th- there is no question that America has made huge strides when it comes to racial equality, um, certainly over the last 50 to 60 years in the wake of the civil rights movement, um, not least the um, seismic moment of of having a, a black president for for eight years, but the, like I say, the disappointment is tied to re- realizing and recognizing that that very fact, in fact, um, has sort of energized and stirred up a a still very insidious, evil, vile. Um, element within American life that has almost made it feel like the gains made over the last few decades um, are, are kind of um, irrelevant in relation to how, how, how far behind we still are when it comes to racial equality. You know, something I think that a lot of people have found in trying to speak out about Black Lives Matter is that they are often associated then with a certain uh, political ideology. Uh, what would you say to people who are, they, they care, they, they want to speak out about this, but they don't want to be associated with, uh, with certain partisan ideologies that they may not necessarily agree with? I would say you just have to look at Jesus. You know, Jesus did not subscribe to any political party. He was a law-abiding citizen, <clears throat> but he never uh, subscribed to the uh, to to Rome. He never subscribed to the Pharisees. He he, he never subscribed to to any. Uh, you know, he said, "I only do what my father tells me." to do effectively. And Dr. King was the same. He knew that the potency of his voice as connected to God would be eroded if he subscribed to any political party. And I just don't know how the church in America has fallen into the trap of being tied to a political party. I'm not saying for a for a moment that, you know, there aren't political parties that espouse Christian values more than others, but Jesus came for all men and women. And he came not just for, 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 he came for, for, 
for those who were broken, those who were the sinners. Those, you know, he spent more time with people who were on the fringes of society than the rich or, 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 the, or the political. If we as the church are to remain relevant to all people, we cannot be seen to be tied to one political party. I think that there has been sort of a, uh, an uprising of people who do care about racism and want to talk about racism, but you still get the sense that they think that it's something sort of happening out there. They, they aren't really addressing the racism that might be happening in their church pews, their leadership, their organizations. Uh, what do you think repentance actually looks like on a practical level for us? There is nothing for us as the church, as Christians, that is going to be more effective than to go to the foot of the cross and pray for God's mercy to expunge uh, uh, some of this foundational sin that has been woven into this country. Repentance, you know, Christianity is built on what Jesus did on the cross. And the only way you have salvation is to admit that you were you, you're, you are wrong. <laughs> Christ is right. And his blood uh, 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 invites you to share in that righteousness, uh, in that rightness. And America, in my opinion, is on the wrong side of righteousness and rightness, especially when it comes to race. Now, I live here. I, I've lived here for 13 years. I'm raising children who are American. I'm an American citizen myself. Don't get me wrong. I love America, and I do think it's one of the greatest nations, not only in the world, but that has ever been in the world. But there is something wrong in and with America, and the church is tied into that. And if the church is tied in politically, it, is, it gives the devil legal ground on which to keep us in this cyclical place of pain instead of redemption. We all know as Christians personally what happens when we give our lives to Christ. Something miraculous happens. And that's why we're going up against principalities and powers in the high places. So for me, it's about nothing would be more incredible than the church coming together and having a day of repentance, making Juneteenth uh, a day where the church uh, uh, spearheads, uh, uh, where, where we as Christians go, dear God, forgive us for the foundational sin on which this country was built, help us to be better going forward than we have been in the past. But there is so much pride, so much ego, and it is born out of white supremacy that that currently feels far away, even though I think individuals would love to see that. When you bring us together corporately, politics and pride become a factor that is stopping us taking that step into repentance communally. David, are you feeling optimistic about this? Do you feel like this, this rising tide of protests is going to lead somewhere productive? Or do you think this is going to be another opportunity that America and the American church in particular will let sort of uh, come and go? I'm not optimistic, if I'm honest, because I have been shocked by how quiet the church has been in the midst of some of the 
well, not some of the, literally the, 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 the largest protests this country has ever seen as it pertains to race. I've talked to people, perfectly sane people I respect within the church who are, will focus more on talking about looting than murder. You know, people who will, say to, who will say to me in reaction to Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. I mean, for goodness sake, you know, Thomas Jefferson was saying all lives matter when he says all, all men are created equal. But the hypocrisy of him to have 607 slaves, do you think any of those slaves would agree that all lives matter? I can tell you for a fact that in America, all lives do not matter. That is an aspiration. Black lives matter is a plea. That is something that is also not a fact. But to, 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 to combat Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter, or even worse, Blue Lives Matter, is just so, it lacks compassion on such a deep level. And I've seen that attitude within, within the church, and, and which absolutely is tied to a lack of humility around this indisputable issue that America has a foundational sin woven into its creation, which is racism. And until there is some kind of, you know, acceptance and acknowledgement is the first step towards repentance. And if you can't even get to acceptance and acknowledgement, then, you know, I, I don't see where this is going. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that there are people within the church. I think that there are churches that have this revelation, but it is not happening at a level that is visible enough that we are at the, as the church are the head and not, I would say, <laughs> further back than the tail when it comes to racial conversation in America. That was David Oyelowo. To read the rest of that conversation, head over to relevantmagazine.com. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. Listening to Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down. The song is Temple. All right, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, I was going to do one about a new picture of the Loch Ness monster, but uh, that's pretty much the entire slice. Um, the and we only can't thing see I w- it. This is an audio platform, so <laughs> the only thing I wanted to mention about it, and it's pretty interesting picture that a guy was hiking near Loch Ness, and it, I mean, it's it, it's you cannot tell what it is, but it's something giant in the water. And there is a news source in the UK, the Mirror UK, uh, had this from a, a Loch Ness expert. He said it would easily rank in the top three all time Loch Ness pictures. I love that he has goat status for <laughs> cryptozoological pictures. You know what I mean? Like, man, that is like, that is a 96 Pippin right there. That is, you know, top three, top three. Um, all right. So, so that's, I, I abandoned that slice because that's literally the entire thing. Um, do I we, do wanna, we think there's a Loch Ness monster? I mean, is this c- consensus at this point? 
I, I don't I don't think there's like I, I don't think there's like a dinosaur down there that has like mythical powers. Uh, I think it's a dragon. No, no. I, I do think there's there could be like a, <laughs> there could be like a bunch of like giant eels or something. But I listen. I mean, I, it, why are we even speculating? Can't they have the technology now with sonar radar to just do like a big old sonogram on the entire lake? They've done it and they've found some weird. They've always, if you ever watching these shows where they do stuff like that, yeah. they always find they're like, oh, it's something down there. Oh, we can't believe what the, let's get our imaging expert in here. Right. And the setup of all those is the same. It's, it's a couple guys on a boat. One of them's got a clipboard making <laughs> notes about things that are not entirely clear to the viewer. And he's like, oh, stop, stop here, stop here. And they point to a little radar screen. And as a viewer, you have no idea what you're looking at. Like it just, it's like, did you, did you see that? Blip. Oh, there's a blip down there. Yeah. Cameron, they've tried this. Okay, science has tried this. <laughs> I mean, this. like, all you right. go out fishing, and they have little things, and they literally show you all the fish underneath the water. I mean, like, yeah, a little not, on yeah, the screen. I, exactly. Who, but who knows what's down there? Who knows? And I don't, I don't, I think there could be a large eel. I, I if, if I was holding out hope for a, a, a cryptozoological, like, actual discovery, yeah. it would not be Loch Ness Monster. It would be something way cooler that I would hope was actually existence out there, you know? Well, we know aliens exist. We know aliens exist. So, right. dude, hey, hey I, we, that, that's a whole nother pod. We should do, listen, guys, we should do a spinoff <laughs> episode and, I, I got I got some things I would like to discuss with that, but we'll, that'll be a different so episode. The candy talk spinoff. We'll do the crypto talk st- spinoff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just right. a just a just a paranormal rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> this is not about a paranormal I'll bring rabbit the hole. I would, <laughs> would want to see a paranormal <laughs> yeah. rabbit. That would be cool. Yeah, uh, it's uh, a paranormal <laughs> rabbit hole. There yeah. must be a paranormal yeah. rabbit that lives in it. Uh, that sounds okay. like drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah Don, is it I'm, I'm pretty that's sure that's another the, game i'm pretty sure that's the plot of donnie darko um <laughs> uh, uh, all right so i want to talk about a new movie uh coming out uh based on the book jesus revolution which tells the story of the uh jesus movement of the 1970s um there there's a there's one element i kind of want to unpack about this because i i do think this is going to be an interesting film but it is made by filmmakers who have done other kind of faith-based movies um and so uh you know the among the production team are 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 people who wrote like you know um not god's not dead but the the uh i still believe like you know they they have they've been involved in other faith-based movies uh the film will tell the story of uh of greg laurie who's still a a you know a reasonably uh influential pastor uh you know as he kind of helped lead this movement um uh, of sort of these young kind of hippies that embraced Christianity in the early seventies. And it'll also talk about his uh, mentorship with uh, kind of a controversial pastor, Chuck Smith, who would later go on uh, to have some uh, concerning things in his personal life and professional life and also falsely predicted the end time. So it's kind of a complicated story, uh, but I think the Jeez. legacy, the, the legacy of, of the Jesus movement is certainly interesting um, I think especially for like kind of like the bo- a lot of people in the boomer generation were really highly impacted by this sort of organic revival. So this movie will tell the, the origins of it. So anyway, the thing that I think is most interesting is who was cast to play Chuck Smith in the film, um, who is who, again, is Greg Laurie's mentor and is a pastor. Uh, any any around the table that haven't seen this story, what actor do you think would play a a, a 1970s pastor? 
pastor that leads a youth revival. In, John in, in, Malkovich. Not John Malkovich, Jamie. <laughs> well, who 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 is our friend who is about to play Tiger King? <laughs> Oh, Nicholas Cage. I would Cage. love that. I would love that. <laughs> I mean, he's already done Left Behind, so he's not well, What could he not he do? He could just play some like weird angel that appears in a visitation <laughs> or something. Derek, who do you think who do you think uh, would be just an would be an interesting choice for this? I'm gonna go with Nicholas Cage too. <laughs> the, the, it's the year of Nick. Nick, the, Nick won. The answer is Jim Gaffigan. Oh, Jim I actually saw the story. I should have yeah. done that. Yeah. He, Jim Gaffigan could play a good like cult leader, you know, like I could see oh. him being like creepy enough. You know, he was. This, we're not saying the Jesus movement was a cult, but I'm just saying. I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, he, he's got range. But he did predict like he, well, it's not a cult, but you know what I mean. He, he yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he kind of made cult, he kind of leaned cultish or That feels in his like life. a cultish statement. Yeah. Predicting the year of the end. Yeah, exactly. True. And so, so, but Jim Gaffin actually starred in a movie, I, it, the name escapes me, but last year about a, a kind of a snake handling church and has been trying to make a pivot to some serious roles. I cannot not think of Jim Gaffigan as a comedian. And the problem with some comedians, this is, and again, this is my take. Okay. I will probably see this movie because I'm interested in the topic and I like Jim Gaffigan, but with a lot of comedians who make the jump to like more serious work that started as standups, it's hard not to see them as Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. You know, yeah. like usually when a standup makes the jump, it's on some sort of sitcom. Like, yeah. uh, like the, the, the one who I can think who's done it well is, is like a Mark Maron. But again, he started off on a sitcom called Marin. Like they play mm. versions of themselves before they can kind of really get the. Uh, like Ellen acting. did that too, didn't she? Wasn't that her first step? And yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Seinfeld. I mean, the, yeah, everybody yeah. loves Raymond. You know, with Ray Romano. Yeah. Like a lot of, and Ray Romano's actually made some interesting films late in his career. But, That's true. But I, as an actor, but I, I, you know, it seems like Jim Gaffigan's sort of skipping that step. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know what? He did have the show. I forgot he had the Jim Gaffigan show. Yeah. on on yeah. TV land. So I yeah. guess he's not really, I guess he hasn't technically skipped that step, but there's something about him for me that I'm, I'm interested to see in the film and I do think he's got potential, but it's hard for me not to see him as Jim Gaffigan. Well, in he's like done a, a bunch role. of stuff since stand-up though. He's still doing stand-up obviously, but like he was in uh, indie flick that's on Amazon, uh, Troop Zero, and he yeah. plays like a, you know, a troop counselor from the 70s, you know. He's great. He's, he does, he, you know, like he, he fades into the characters like he but he, he he these niche indie roles. I think he's finding his little lane in. It's yeah, cool. but but I do think it's a, a fascinating story and one that's kind of not been told to the degree that I think people would, you know, expect considering the cultural influence that that yeah. kind of re revival had at the time. So anyway, yeah. that's uh, it'll be interesting to work out for. Speaking of comedians, and I know I'm, I'm kind of going on a rabbit trail here, but speaking of comedians who, the, the, you know, in, in movies, have you got, did you guys watch the new Will Ferrell movie that just dropped on uh, Netflix, Eurovision? Wait, what is it? It's, it's based on, there's a, you're, yeah, it's it's the so in Europe there's this Oh, we this, talked about it on the show, didn't we? Did we did yeah, with yeah, that yeah. clip? Yeah. Played the clip. Yeah. Oh, I, I want to see it now. Okay. I no, I, you I don't Cameron Oh, dude, that, okay. that is fascinating to me because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny and I also thought it was a pretty good story. Like I I actually really Where do I enjoyed watch this on Netflix. It's on okay. Netflix. Okay, I'm in. It's, it's a awful big, Cameron. Big budget, you know, whatever. Uh I thought 
it was uh, number one. I mean, I think the first third of the movie is trying to accomplish too much backstory to get you to the, you know, like trying to get to the Eurovision mm. or Eurosong championship. And, and it's like a whole lot of territory they cover. So I just felt like it was just very, the story itself I thought was not completely well written. The emotional punches in there. And then there's just a lot of really tacky singing and it's like not self-aware enough. I thought it would be funnier. It, I, mm. I never once smiled. It was just like they oh. thought because they put everybody in accents and funny costumes that it would just be funny. And it, it was too sincere of a movie to be funny it was just it didn't know what it wanted mm. to be it has some absurdly dark twist in it that are played for laughs oh. and i love i love like things that are shouldn't be funny that they make Demi lovato's uh, on fire and her arm blows off spoiler what? alert spoiler <laughs> alert no but but it is it is funny because the movie is sitting at like 60 percent on rotten tomatoes it's 60 percent is my sweet spot for rotten tomatoes i don't want to see a movie that's 90 or 95 you know because it's like okay th this is just like it's a consensus just good movie fine i want to see something that people are right on the fence about you know right in that <laughs> right between 45 and 65 let me make up my own mind rotten tomatoes like okay it's a 50 it's a 52%. That means I'm either going to love it or hate it in my mind. And, and I like the challenge. So, so, but this bears it out. One of us liked it, one of us didn't. So, anyway. I know. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hard 40 on it. 40 out wow. of 100. Yeah. Because yeah. there were a couple of moments they were like, okay, that was good. And then there's moments where it's like, literally, can I fast forward this? I mean, it yeah. was like some of the musical numbers, dude, I'm sorry, were painful. Yeah. And but, Jesse, you don't even like musicals. No, but but that was the point. They were kind of sending up uh, uh, uh -uh. the when it was self-aware. Yes, I'm talking about that night before the competition where all the competitors were at that party and they just broke out into song. It was not ironic. It was not funny. It was like yeah, this it was heartwarming. It sounds like number. pitch perfect but, a little bit. But yes, for some yes. Reason, I it didn't know what it wanted to be and it thought it was pitch perfect. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was it. I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. <laughs> you've probably it, seen it three times if you've seen Pitch Perfect. It's it wanted to be Pitch Perfect. So now, if you liked Pitch Perfect, you'll probably like it. If you yeah. did not like, like Pitch, Pitch Perfect, Perfect, it's not for you. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, there you go. What do you have, James? Jeez. Okay, I have something. We I know that Relevant talked about this on Instagram, and you might have seen it about a week and a half ago. Uh, Kristen Bell. Well, in fact, I think we talked about her show on here. Their she new was a show. guest on this show promoting yes. her yeah. show Central yeah. Park. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I was like, I know we've talked about this, and so she about talked a week and about this. On she show. talked about it on here, <laughs> but I remember hearing it. This was my brain was like, where yeah, have yeah. I heard this? Um, just recently, about a week and a half ago, Kristen Bell made the decision to step back from the character that she had been cast. Um, she actually put out a statement um, and it says, after reflection, Kristen, along with the entire creative team, recognizes that the casting of the character of Molly, who she played in the show, is an opportunity to get representation right, to cast a black or mixed race actress and give Molly a voice that resonates with all the nuance and experiences of the character as we've, as we've drawn her. So she was voicing a, I think, a biracial character, Molly. Yep. And she decided to step back. And she's not the only one that did this. Jenny Slate also did the same thing about the show that she's on. And when I I saw this this is what i thought immediately i thought this is how people like uh i was so proud of kristen is what i'm trying to say because she realized i'm taking an opportunity from someone and 
voicing a woman of color, but I'm not a woman of color. And so I was really, really excited to see both of them get like, it's almost like they, it felt good to see someone make the decision on their own. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like it didn't feel like anyone called them out. Yeah. And I felt like they were playing offense. Jimmy Slade's character on Big Mouth uh, is Asian, correct? Is that? I think, um, I actually don't know any of about, I only know about Kristen Bell. Well, Big Mouth wrapped uh, like a few weeks ago, their new season, like, Mm -hmm. you know, stopped airing. And and she made that announcement. About two hours later, Kristen made the same announcement about her character, Molly. But this is interesting because they're just a few episodes into that show. Yeah. And so they're going to change the voice midstream. But in hindsight, this is a no brainer. When you look at the Mm. picture of Molly. Yeah. Why was Kristen cast as that? You know? And well, so, and she even said, I mean, I think this is what's important too. It's like a learning opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about that, that people are going to make mistakes and you learn. And she said in Instagram, she said, this is a time to acknowledge our acts of complicity. And here's mine. Playing the character of Molly on Central Park shows a lack of awareness of my pervasive privilege. And so she went on to talk about that. She said, I'm happy to relinquish this role to someone who can give a much more accurate patrol, portrayal. And I'm committed to learning, growing and doing my part for equality and inclusion. So Kudos to Kristen Bell for that. And and the producer said, too, that they uh, she'll find uh, the, the she'll voice other characters on the show. She'll right. stay part because of the isn't show. She, and she was I've, the first she was the first actress to sign on even before yeah. there were characters. So like she was part of she's the, really the, early. And yeah. yeah, so it's not her show per se, but she's been part of it from the ground up. And yeah. they, they built that character for yeah. her as opposed mm-hmm. to her signing on to that character. But right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting so shift in Hollywood. I, it is an interesting shift. And I think it's a shift that we're seeing not just in Hollywood, but on like our local level levels as well. I know I, I was, I had a, have you seen the like take over, take share the mic stuff that's going on nationally? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we did it here in Austin. Um, and so my friend, Virginia Cumberbatch, who is brilliant and smart and writes books and talks about racial justice all the time. She took over my Instagram and she talked about this kind of co-agitation term, which means like, how do we as um, white people step back from some of our privilege and give it more to um, people of color. And this is what it made me think of. Like, oh, Kristen is saying, hey, I'm going to step back because she got the role. I mean, she's a phenomenal actress and voice. We know that she's doing quite well in that area of her life. Uh, but she used her privilege to say, I'm actually going to step down. And I think that we're going to see more of that um, on a local and national Hollywood level as well. Yeah. And I do right. think it's, I, I do think it's, yeah, refreshing. They kind of, you know, seem to make the uh, the decisions out of like kind of a, a new sense of self-awareness about, right. you know, the, their careers and, um, you know, just some of their decisions. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting story. Yep. All right. What do you have, Derek? That Rona is back. The oh, Rona is not leaving. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's, it's no. The Rona is here to stay. So we know Texas rolling back. I think bars are now shut down. We know that mm-hmm. Florida, I think they shut down bars yesterday or, or, or this week. And what's crazy about the whole thing is that now it's young people that are, you know, the, the carriers of most of the cases. So what I believe, obviously, is that it's summertime and we tired of being in the house. So I think it said in Florida, most of the cases are 35, like around the average number is 35. And then in uh, Texas, it's like but 40 percent of them are like between 20 and, 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 and mid 30. So hmm. it's it's starting to see that, you know, young people are like, hey, look. 
granny, I'm just not going to come to your house. I got to go to the beach. So yeah. at least at least that's it. I hope that's what's happening. Hopefully we're not going to the beach and then going to granny's crib because yeah, that's going to be I was, bad. I watched the news a lot this week with uh, there was a, a Senate hearing with Dr. Fauci and other leaders on Tuesday. And he said that this summer uh, things are trending, that there will be 100,000 new cases per day. Ooh. Per wow. day in America, Ooh. in America. And what uh, I heard another, uh, how do you say this word? Epidemiologist, whatever, the epidemic person. You yeah. know, the people who study epidemiologists. Yeah, yeah, epidemiologists uh, said that the first wave of COVID that came to the U.S. came obviously from the Far East and it hit the West Coast, like Seattle, if you remember, was a hotbed. But mm-hmm. what happened was it's when it spread to Europe, that that strain is then was then brought to America and hit the East Coast. And that strain is more uh, contagious human to human than the first strain that hit America. Oh, that this second man. wave is actually a different breed of COVID-19. Mm. That it, that's why it was able to be tamped down pretty quickly in California and the West Coast, that first wave. And this second wave is spreading like wildfire because it's a different kind of like stronger iteration. Also, the CDC said in the last week that based on their antibody testing, that it's showing that 10 times more people have had it than has been reported. And so, oh. every, so when it's you like say, they just didn't know it, they didn't have so the, symptoms. The data is 2.3 million people have had it, but they're saying it, the evidence is that 20 to 30 million people have had it. And, the, and then, so that came out and people were like, well, then that means that it's not that big of a deal if those people don't even know it. But the problem is, is they're, they're spreading it and it's spreading, you know, wi- far wider. And then the people who are vulnerable or more vulnerable, you know, are going to be, you know, suffering for it. And so yeah. it's like, you know, just the, the, the news has just been pounding this fact of like, you can stop the spread if you wear a mask, people. Just wear a mask, you know? Like, if you go out in public, don't be a transmitter. Wear a mask, you know? And, you know, and it's like this culture war around masks of my freedom or, you know, this is God's, and, you know, whatever. It's like, just get over it and be a good citizen and wear a mask. Even if you're not afraid for yourself, just you might be transmitting it, it to somebody else and not even it, know it. You know, it, And it's a, it is a tiny piece of cloth. You know what I mean? Like right. this is like, like <laughs> people are acting like, you know, we have to like, you know, disavow our values. So it's like, dude, wear a mask when you go to the grocery store. Like how long, how long are like, people well, practice like, your freedom by wearing a mask, go live a fairly normal life. If you wear, a mask and just protect others and yourself while you're expressing your freedom. Well, the, if you the, don't wear the, a mask, stay home, you know? Yeah. It, it, well, the other thing too is like, you know, if, I mean, put yourself in the position of someone who works like, let's say in, uh, you know, some sort of like consumer retail environment where they're having to interact pretty closely with customers all day long. Like if that was, you know, if that was your family member that is, that is interacting with people at, you know, the checkout line or, or wherever, wouldn't you want the, wouldn't you want the customers just to do them the courtesy of, of putting on a mask like it's such a like 
minor inconvenience. Yeah, like it's, sure. it's like sure. like look, a mask fits right in your pocket. They cost almost nothing to procure. You know, you can leave a couple in your car, leave them, you know, by your where you put your your, your keys or whatever, and just put it on when you're talking. To it. Like it's such a, I, I, it's this is one that's like been baffling to me about how it's been like this thing in the culture war. It's like this isn't like an attack on anyone. This is like asking to do literally the bare minimum to stop the spread of a pandemic and it's just it's just so weird how it's been become this like you know cultural you know hot button. i don't get it i'll be honest I, I i don't understand i don't i don't understand it at all I, yeah i'm just I, clueless i mean small towns here <laughs> in texas if you go to small towns no one has a mask on yeah no and, one. And, and Dr. Fauci said this week that the, you know, kind of insulated Midwest that hasn't really ha- seen a big spread or a big issue, that's come. It's coming. Like the wave is mm. coming to the Midwest because of exactly that. You know, they're saying, well, we're not New York and we're not like densely populated. We don't need to do this. But they're going to the grocery store without a mask. One person, the whole city's got it. You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah. It's coming to the rural Midwest kind of towns as well now. I, I was at, I flew through Denver this yesterday, and uh, Colorado shut down yesterday too. You know they had they had very low cases, and then opened up, and then it they shut back down. You know because it's like you know there's another wave. I mean every day this week has been the record setting day of new cases, like back yeah. more than the spring and everything. I mean I think on Tuesday it was like forty thousand new cases were reported that one day. And we're heading toward a hundred thousand a day. I mean, it's people are dying. I mean, folks, come on, yeah. just put a mask on. Yeah. Also, there was a study that came out this week. There's different ratings for different masks like, as far as effectiveness. Right. So the most effective mask is the cloth stitched mask that, that you buy, that you wash. And that's the most effective at uh, uh, stopping the spread of a cough or something like that. Uh, the least effective is those kind of buff bandana ones where you pull oh, yeah. up over your uh-huh. mouth and neck and everything, that whole thing. Yeah. That, that barely stops it <laughs> apparently because it's such thin fabric. Um, right in between is those kind of like dust. You buy them at Home Depot. Those kind of white, yeah. you know, those yeah. are kind of like painting medium. or something. Yeah, yeah. Those are like medium, but the most effective one is those like you can buy them for like two bucks cloth, wash them, you know, keep them in your car. Like Jesse said, that's what I do and use them folks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Brooke Fraser joins us. You're listening to Phoebe Bridgers. The song is Kyoto. Well, this episode is also brought to you by the Darius Daniels podcast on the Relevant Podcast Network. Join him each week as Dr. Darius Daniels sits down with a variety of guests to talk about faith, life, and culture. You've met him here on the show. Darius is a pastor, author, and a phenomenal communicator who will challenge your thought life and provide you with wisdom to help you spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And he has some incredible guests this season. You can follow him on Instagram and all the socials at Darius Daniels, and then tune in every week to the Darius Daniels podcast, wherever you get your shows. Well, Brooke Frazier is a worship leader, speaker, songwriter, who's been creating anthems for our generation for a long time. 
We recently spoke with her about creating music in this unique time and what authority and responsibility look like in worship. Here is part of our conversation with Brooke Frazier. I think our team have uh, pivoted. I feel like pivoting is a good word for 2020. Um, they've done amazing at pivoting and um, and you know and, and changing and adapting and growing and and learning to to the new realities. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think it also makes you really treasure that connection. I, I haven't lived in um, Australia for a long time now, but it's never really. Um, affected me too much because I you know I go back at least three times a year for our conferences for other things and this is the first time that I'm really like oh I actually I don't know the next time I'm going back and you know seeing kind of my people so that's a that's a um, alerted me I guess to um, to what I took for granted and how often I was able to see my close friends who live on the other side of the world um, but yeah but in terms of for church um, I think you know church has done done amazingly um really adapting as have you know most churches um that that i know of in terms of figuring out how to build community online um which is you know it's no small feat so i think um but i think it was it was probably time for that to happen so if that pushed us into new areas of innovation and learning um how to connect and engage in areas um which don't come naturally i think that's fantastic It was really exciting. We announced our guests for our Hillsong Conference this year in July, what was to happen in uh, a couple of weeks' time. And, um, and uh, Tasha Cobbs-Leonard was one of those guests. And, and she and I, um, I wrote I wrote kind of the story out on my, on my Instagram uh, recently, but, but her and I, I first kind of um, came under the sound of her <laughs> authority, um, if you want to put it like that, um, at a night that um, a bunch of us did uh, in Houston just after Hurricane Car- Hurricane Harvey. Um, a bunch of us got together and Lakewood were kind enough to offer us their venue to use and we just wanted to, to just come and minister to people um, who were hurting. And I remember Tasha was opening up the night. I had never heard her before and I walked into the room and I was like, what is going on? On. <laughs> like she was just in, in, insane that the the um the power and um the authority and the anointing that she had um was just um extraordinarily uh clear and active in the room and um and over the course of the next few years we kind of just found ourselves at a lot of the same things and um became friends and um so I was really excited when she was coming to conference and I reached out to her and, and said you know um if you're coming like all this way down to Australia um what do you think about if Hillsong Worship and you like what let's maybe we can record a song together at conference um and so she was into that idea and we were progressing toward that and then of course the pandemic happened um and so po- conference got postponed to next year um but really this is something that's been planned for a long time and i think that it's um just really evident to me anyway that that god 
uh, near the timing of this collaboration. And, and for Hillsong Worship, it's been the first time we've collaborated with another artist since Delirious in, I think, 2004. I hope that it, um, it, can, it can bring some, some relief, some comfort, um, some, some breakthrough to people in this time. With a song, I can communicate to your heart in three to four minutes what I perhaps never could in a 45-minute message or a two-hour lecture. Uh, music bypasses um, the mind often to be able to reach into something um, within the depths of us. And so you have gift, you have the, the, and then you have the medium, music. But then there's something else um, which, you, which you experience now and again, and it's somebody who is anointed and anointing is that otherness that you can't learn. You can't be trained to be anointed. You can't, um, you can't earn your way towards anointing. There's no degree. It's something that, that God bestows. But when those things align, when there's the, the excellence of the gift, when there's the, um, the, the power of the music, but then where, is, where there is the undeniable divine anointing which you can't explain you can't put it into words it's an otherness it's something that god gives um that just has the ability to slice through a heavy and thick atmosphere um with with the presence and the power of god that's that's what anointing is so help me You know, I look at the writers in, in our world and um, they they work really, really hard. Um, and so I think I think that that hard work can't be underestimated. Um, and I think that that um, that when we're willing to be really diligent with something and serving and, and stewarding something um, with that level of diligence, I think it's pleasing to God, you know. We don't take for granted the grace of God, I think. We don't expect everything to have to come easy but we are we are willing to 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 really really work um and then at the same time there's you know the, the otherness that i that i mentioned just before um you know god takes these melodies and these lyrics um that we prayerfully labor over them and, and breathes something into them or over them um that we can't that we're not clever enough to accomplish um and so i think it's this really beautiful partnership with God when it comes to writing for the church. And, you know, it's a, it's a really holy thing. It's, it's, a, it's a big responsibility. There is this element of um, submission and sacrifice to it, which is so beautiful because I'm no longer um, writing something to simply communicate um, my thoughts and feelings about something. I'm writing um, to try and serve, you know, 
the the mechanic who works overtime to pay his mortgage or the doctor who's worked you know four double shifts and comes into church exhausted um or the single mum you know who is you know at her wit's end I, i i write songs to serve them so i'm not trying to communicate my point of view what i'm trying to do is articulate what we know of god from scripture um and to put that in a song that might become a prayer that they didn't know how to pray, that they needed to pray, that connects them with God. So it's a really, um, it's a really, it's a great responsibility and um, and a really beautiful, beautiful service that I never ever take for granted. That was Brooke Frazier. Make sure to check out her new single with Tasha Cobbs Leonard on Awake My Soul, wherever you get your music. Stay tuned up next. It's indie rock band. We're firework. Like wings in my pillows, but girl, you know how itchy my back Every time. You're listening to Dominic Fike. His song is Chicken Tenders. Mm. Oh, man, that sounds good right now. Yeah, doesn't it? Chicken Tenders. <laughs> Thank you, Dominic. All right, it is time for our annual tradition. It's time for Indie Rock Band or Firework. Play it, Clark. This, this jingle was so bad that <laughs> we just kept running it every year. Legendary. Yeah, it's not even. Exactly. Do you remember when that happened? I'm not going to call names, but do you remember we had a producer that kind of established a lot of our jingles, like editorial question of the week. There was kind of a melodicness to them, okay. And then a new producer came on the show. That wasn't really his sense of humor. This was the first jingle we had this new producer make, and it was just a bunch of sound effects. <laughs> there was like no jingle to it, and it was so bad. Uh, I, just, uh, I just thought no, it was funny. I was right in the eye, said nailed it. Anyway, uh, Jesse explained it at the beginning of the show, but what we're going to do is play a game where it'll be uh, Jamie versus Derek, and we will say, I will say a name, and you will guess whether that is an indie band name or the name of an actual firework. Uh, We will do a few (sighs) rounds here. See this is what I think is funny. Who, is that Derek and I are playing each other. Yeah. And um, neither one of us, well, I won't speak for you, Derek. I've never bought a firework a day in my life. Oh, I've never man. been yeah, to a firework stand. I know. So this is like, it's just, it's a, it's a guess on everyone. Jesse, how many rounds do you think we should do? Because I got about 50 options here. So <laughs> that, that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, let, let's start off with uh, uh, five rounds. So that's 10 and kind okay. of see where we're at at that point. Okay. All right. Yeah, we can do a, 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 <laughs> uh, then we can do a, a lightning round. round. Lightning yeah. round. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jesse, you keep score because I got okay. to pick right. these as All we right. go. I got it. I got it. All right, Jamie, you're up first. Okay. Is this an indie band or a firework? Wolf pack. 
Wolf pack is definitely a firework, and I bet you get three or four in it. Like it's like a pack of wolf fireworks. It is a firework. Good there job. You go. Look at you. Wow. Coming Shoot. in, coming in hot. Coming in strong, guys. Yep. All right, Derek. Pinch. 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 P I N C H. Oh, that definitely sounds like an Andy Rock band for sure. It's an electronic band. Wow. Mess with your boy. Hey. Oh my gosh. Mess after, with your boy. After, after, after round one, we are in a stalemate. One, one. <laughs> All right, Jamie. Rolling blackouts, coastal fever. Rolling blackouts, <laughs> coastal fever. I'm going to say rolling blackouts, coast, coastal, coastal fever. fever is definitely an indie rock band. It is. It's a rock band. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Derek, wow. We're doing so good, Derek. I want us to tie. Like we can do this. I am, <laughs> I am, I am shocked. I am shocked. Okay, Derek. Here it is. Flying Lotus. Flying Lotus. Oh, that's. It's a band. It is. It's a pretty famous band. Let me give my band. Try to, go, try to go with the mind freak there. But, I didn't uh, even know it was a band, this, so you're good. I'm like, are you psyching me out right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie. Burst and bloom. Burst and bloom. That's definitely a firework, and I bet when it goes into the sky, it blooms. I hate you. This is absolutely <laughs> correct. Oh, man. <laughs> You guys are naturals. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run a fireworks stand pretty soon, guys. I'm shocked. All right, Derek. Yumi Zuma. Yumi Zuma. I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> it's like, how do you... Uh, we're going to go... Indie rock band. Yes, it's an old R&B band. Three to three. Three to three. My mind is blown right now. All right, Jamie. Fiery discus. See, you, you think it's a firework because it's got the word fire in it, but it's mm. not. And I would think it would be like it would look like a discus in the sky. I'm going indie rock band. I think you tried to get me on this one. It's a firework. Fiery discus. Okay, got it. Derek, here's your chance to run away with this thing. Let's go. <laughs> All right, what's the score? She, I know she's gone one more time than him. So Yeah, it's three to three. So three to Derek three. can take the he lead can go here. Four to three. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, all right, Derek. Amnesia Scanner. Amnesia Scanner. Oh, that is absolutely an indie rock band. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely. Is. I am shocked. All right, here we go. Jamie, Jamie you got. You got. You I'm going to go with my gut from now on. I cannot believe I missed that one. Okay. My gut was it's a disc. It's a fiery discus. It's a firework, and I. The score is five, uh, four to three. This is the fifth round. Here we go. Yeah. Sonic Boom. Okay. Again, I think it's a firework, but I think it's a band. Indie band. It's an indie band. Good job. That's right, how so universe that's, psychology works. Yes, that was tricky, though. That was so, tricky. That's a tricky so, one. That was so tricky. Derek, just so you know the stakes, uh-huh. it is four to four. If, yeah. if you get this right, by my calculations, you will then have the lead. Uh, that's let's right. go. That's right. Let's go. Let's make All it right. happen. XTC. Three letters. XTC. Firework. It's an electronic band. Oh, man. Oh, I did that. I did Look that because, you know, I was Buffalo Wild Wings. I wanted to keep the, the, right, the round going. All right, let's keep going. Yeah, Jamie, going. sixth round. Little Dragon. Little Dragon is definitely a firework. 
It's a no! band. It's a pretty famous band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she doesn't right, know Derek. these things. Oh, no. Derek, you, you are once again in the position to take the lead here in, in round right. six. Let's go. Dog leg. Sounds inappropriate, first of all, but uh, we're going to go firework again. Rock band. Andy Rock band. We have, a stale, we have a stalemate yeah, after six rounds. rounds. Yeah. Right, now, okay, we're playing the game how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. go. All, all right, right, Jamie, this is a big one. Okay. Fire tools, but tools has a Z on it. Of Fire course it does. Tools. That makes it an indie band. It it's is a indie Z. band. <laughs> the Z is what gave it away. The Z, the Z gave it away. The Z does it? Yeah, All the right. Z did it. Fire tools no, with hey, a Z. Cameron, no, right. spell, no, spell, no spelling from here on out. Oh, no I, spelling. Got it. I have to spell this <laughs> Sounds one. Sounds like. Okay. I have to spell okay. this one. Juice box, but box has three X's on it. Juice box. Oh, that is absolutely unequivocally an indie rock band. It is. It's probably a five to five. All right. Three more rounds. Here we go. Jamie. Midnight monsoon. Indie rock band. No, it's a firework. It's a firework. Oh. oh. Mm. All, right. All right, Derek. You're I, I would have got that one wrong too, Jamie. I would have got that one wrong. Okay, good. All right, Derek. Echo in the air. Echo in the air. Oh, man. This is hard. This is it. Okay. This one is unique. Uh, Echo in the air. Indie rock, man. It's a firework. That was my... Instinct too. Something so entire work. Five okay. to five. Five Crap. to five. Round not two more rounds. Oh two my gosh. Five. I'm this nervous. Yeah, we ourselves an old fashioned barn burner here. <laughs> Jamie. Jamie. Here we go. Thundercat. Listen. You gotta know this one. Listen. Oh, that makes me think it's an in- I'm not giving my answer oh, yet. Never mind. But the I'm reason sorry. that Derek said that said makes uh, no, no, me no. think I'm it's sorry. an indie band because you guys know I don't know indie bands. But I'm going with the firework because I think they sell Thundercats at the firework stand. It's a very famous alt R and B indie band. I don't. I should, Derek. Uh, I should have taken. I thought you were. You I thought you were tricking I, me. I, I, no, I gave you one. And I thought Derek you were tricking me. Okay. Derek, this is your chance. This right, this is, is your my chance. chance to take the lead. So Derek has two left. Jamie has one left, but the score is currently tied. Yep, yep. Here we go. Moon Travelers. Firework. It is. Hey, all right. So Derek. So final round. Derek has a one point lead. Cameron, I think uh, you should. I think Derek should go first because if he gets it, he locks up the he locks up the victory. If he misses it, Jamie can bring this home for a tie. The old draw. The go old draw. It, yep. All right, let's go. Whatever. I'm down. So no pressure. If you, if you get oh, this, no Derek, pressure. if you get this, you lock it up. Okay? And then right. that means Derek has won both games we've played in the last, since we've been on the show. But Derek, Jeez. if you miss. And I don't like losing. If you don't get it, if you don't get it, it goes over to Jamie and she can, you know, like I said, she can make this a draw for the books. You know? No, we're not, it's not going to be a draw. Let's go. All right, here <laughs> we go. Final round. All right, what's up? Wicked Willows. Wicked Willows. Indie Rock Band or Firework? Firework. It is. He won. Congratulations. Congratulations, Hey, yeah, thank you. I just want to thank first the Lord, my Lord and Savior. Uh, I want to thank my wife. I want to thank, uh, you know what I'm saying? I want to thank Relevant Magazine for oh. you know, yeah. 
<laughs> I knew I, I specifically gave Jamie Thundercat and not you because I knew you knew that band. Oh, it was done. That was when I was like, out the part. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Well, there you go. That's the 2020 edition of Indie Rock Band or Firework. At the very beginning of that jingle, it sounds like that old um, "You Got a Fight." Um, yeah, it starts at the beginning. That's what I thought it was. There you go. That's really funny. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week's show. Thank you to David Oyelowo and Brooke Frazier for joining us. You can follow him on Instagram at David Oyelowo. It's O Y E L O W O. And you can follow Brooke on Instagram at Brooke Ligertwood. Her last name is actually Ligertwood. She's married. Um, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Miner, the Game Master. <laughs> have, a, have a good and safe July 4th weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, check out our Relevant Podcast Network, featuring shows like Relevant Daily, Signs of Life, Unedited, and many more launching throughout the year. I'm like the the John Wick of fireworks, okay? Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.